Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. So welcome everyone to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. Uh, my guest for today is Matthias Schepper. I hope I said that properly. Uh, who's going to be joining us on the show. So Matthias, welcome to the show. Hi, Timor. Thank you very much for having me. I was very excited when you invited me. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I, I, I could not not invite you. I've been seeing you around for <laughs> two months already and uh, you've been uh, sharing some really cool tactics about prospecting. So just a quick intro. Um, so you're the founder or co-founder at SDR of Germany, uh, which is a community for SDRs in Germany, pretty much <laughs> from yes, what I understand, exactly. which I find brilliant because then it's in the name. It's really clear. It's really niche. It's perfect. But you're also like working at Sales Loft as a DAR SDR mm -hmm. and uh, people know you for your GIF game and pretty much how you document your whole prospecting process, which is why I really wanted to invite you here to talk about your creative prospecting tactics. So can you maybe tell us a bit more about you, who you are? And uh, yeah, we would love to know about your story. Yeah, of course. All right. Where do I start? Um, I mean, I, I'm German. I was born and raised in, in Berlin. Um, I, I think I had a very heavy puberty, <laughs> if I may say so myself. Um, I think um, I was very unhappy with myself when, 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 yeah, sort of like in the range of like 15 to 18, I was super unhappy. I was not, I was not confident whatsoever. Um, and I, I think I needed an escape code. So I blamed it on Germany. I was like, mm -hmm. I feel like this because I'm here in this country and, and I don't want to be here. So um, pretty quickly after after I finished high school, I told my parents, I was like, I am going to move away. I want to go away from Germany. I don't want to speak German anymore. Um, and I moved, I moved to London. I, um, I was 18, 19. I can't remember if I already turned 19, but, um, then I did my, my bachelor's year in international business. I spent a year in China, where I was studying, um, came back to London, finished my bachelor's. And I was like, during the entire time, I basically quit with my nationality. Like I wasn't speaking German anymore. Like I was only speaking English. Every time I met a fellow German at university, I was like, I am not talking to you. You're not my friend. And if we need to talk, because we're doing group work or something in the course, let's speak English. I've, I, I really, um, yeah, kind of quit with my nationality then. Um, which is now surprising because now I'm a DAC SDR. So when I finished uni, I wanted to go into marketing. 
I don't know why I wanted to go into marketing. Now I'm like, why didn't you just go into sales straight away? Why wasn't that a thing? But I don't know how it was for you. Um, or I think this is the case for many people at university, even though I studied business and sales is like the thing in business, right? Like you can have the best idea, you can have the best product or how to take it to market and you don't know how to sell it. The best idea is worth nothing, right? Yeah. So um, no one ever told me that sales was a thing. And um, I mean, you're in Germany as well. Maybe you can attest to this. In in Germany, sales still has a very, very bad reputation, right? Like yeah. people, like every time I go back to Berlin and I say, I'm an SDR, I'm in sales, people are like, oh, your parents paid so much money for university in London and you go into sales. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. but, and, 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 and I had that, I had that, um, that stereotype in my head, like salespeople only need to like speak and they're sleazy and they just need to talk. Um, that was sort of my, my image. And then um, I wanted to move back to China and luckily the pandemic happened and obviously I couldn't move to China then anymore. That would have been a bit crazy. And uh, I sort of, yeah, I, I, I fell into sales like everyone else always says I fell into sales, right? No one planned to be in sales. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, because I was in London and I was German speaking, they were like, well, you're a Dach SDR now. And I was like, fuck, I have not spoken German in such a long time. I remember one of my, my first discovery calls as an SDR at the end of the, of the call, we were speaking German all the way through. And at the end of the call, she says to me, do you know what, Mattia? Your German is really, really good. It ought like for a not native speaker <laughs> doing a good job. And I was like, what? No, I'm from Berlin. I just haven't spoken German in a while. Um, but I think that was really nice because I sort of like fell in love with my country again. And um, now I love the Germans. And I and I know that it was just, you know, me trying to blame it on yeah, on that environment in Germany when I was unhappy with myself. Um, yeah, and I'm really, really happy that I'm German and that I'm a Dach SDR, which is why, you know, I opened that community um, because I do think that the German sales market is very underserved mm -hmm. in Germany. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was a long, that was a long intro, intro about myself. <laughs> But that was great. No, and I think you're, you're more blaming, uh, you're tired of Berlin, which I can understand. It's very different from the rest of Germany. People can be, they have this thing called Berliner Schnauz here. Yeah. Just, you know, being pure assholes to you. Yeah. Just for so you're a bit rude. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, uh, you know, I learned, it took me five years to understand that I had to be aggressive back to actually be yeah. respected, which yeah. I hate because that's not the way I work. But yeah, yeah it's very special for that Berlin. No, space. I completely agree. Every time I've spent, you know, months in London and over here, everyone is so nice and everyone's like, oh, darling, come back, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I fly to Berlin and already at the airport, everyone's like, eh. yeah, go. So, like be quick like you know what i mean it's just yeah. every time I'm, i'm like oh i'm back home this is <laughs> this is where where home is again <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah no the thing is speaking german um natively is a, is a very big big asset in sales because everyone wants to go after this market and it's if you don't first speak the language or have the cultural understanding uh, it can be really tough to make business yeah. to do business there so that's a, that's a really good one um I'm I'm really curious. So you document a lot the way you're prospecting, and uh, and the way you you just book meetings. 
Um, and it's very innovative. So can you tell us a bit more about your overall philosophy when you're prospecting uh, for Salesloft? Yeah. Mm. Maybe I'll go back quickly um, on, on how I started. I did a post uh, this week. I found one of my old sales emails that like one of my first, I would say probably like in the first couple of months I sent this email and I was reading it. It was a screenshot on my phone and um, I was blushing and I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, what did I do back then? It was like sort of like the 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 classic pitch slap no personalization kind of thing right no wonder no one ever replied in my first months as an SDR um and I found it very difficult because obviously I was in London and I was always the only German speaker over here so if you've worked the German market then you probably know that the Dach market the German market is completely different to the uk market or to the us market right like yeah. things just work very different in in the german market and i i'd never i'd never gotten training in german and specific for the dach market and um, so it was very difficult for me in the beginning to find out okay how do i do this i had to sort of like teach everything myself and just do trial and error all mm -hmm. the time because really the first couple of months nothing was working like no one was replying like people were posting on linkedin like oh i've hit my quota and stuff like that and i was just sitting here like oh my god i i will never be able to do this it was hard um but i think the the one mistake um or the one thing that i do differently now is um i remember if you would look if i go, if i go to um if i go to work and i write my emails and then i i text my friends on whatsapp if you would look at my whatsapp messages and my email messages there'd be completely like completely different people you would never yeah. guess that my professional work emails are the coming from the same person than my WhatsApp messages are, right? Um, and I think that's the thing that I changed. I just made my prospecting more like me and I, and I tried to um, not have that difference between my personal communication to my professional communication, yeah. um, which I think in the beginning is a bit daunting because you're like, you know, everyone's always telling you, you have to be professional and you have to be like all of these kind of things. And um, in the beginning, it's a bit daunting, but um, I think it was the best decision I've made in, like, in my life because I have so much more yeah. fun at work, right? Because I don't, I remember in my first SDR job, job, just sitting in front of my laptop being like, oh my God, I don't want to write another email. I don't want to do it, right? Whereas nowadays, I just like, it feels like I'm talking to my friends all day yeah. long, right? Because, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's sort of my philosophy, I would say. Just being yourself and like, yeah, scraping all the bullshit around professionalism and how you need to be and like all of these ideas. Like when I, I remember when I first started, there were so many posts of SDRs needs to be like this and you should do your role like that and you should write your emails like this and just scraping that and doing yeah. your own thing um that's my philosophy I would say and it's very interesting is it all, also in German I guess because you're prospecting in German yeah yeah because you know there's this uh people say in Germany oh you can't talk like that people are more professional there's hair doctor whatever and thing yeah and it's very interesting to see that you are prospecting there you're native and you're uh, prospecting with people, speaking like you would with friends, and it works. Yeah. So to all people I mean, who say it doesn't work, it's actually, even for German, it works to do like that. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously my emails looks, my email looks different than my 2am Saturday night message to my best friend, right? Like they, they, they do look different. I'm not going to be like, yo, bitch, what are you doing? Can you come over? That's not what I'm doing. Right. But, um, I'm just being more myself. And I think I had that, that same feeling. I was always in my head and people have, people used to tell me this, right? People used to be like, Dach is different. You need to be like this and Dach, you need to be like that and Dach. When I was always looking at what my US colleagues were doing and they were doing other things. And I think that for a long time, that was just limiting, like that was just a limiting belief, right? Yeah. I can't do this because Dach people are like this. Instead of just going out and trying it, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that um, all of my emails always get replies or that no one's ever mean to me or that no one's ever like, oh, this is unprofessional. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's always going to be, a no one's ever going to like, like it's not never going to be the case that 100% of people are going to like what you do, right? But I feel so much more comfortable and so much more happier because... I'm doing the things the way that I want to do it. And I think if you bring that authenticity to the table, when people are realizing, okay, this person is actually being authentic and she's being herself, they much rather want to talk to you than to like a boring sales rep. That's like, like, you know, that's no one wants that. And putting yourself into that position of, okay, for such a long time, I was always looking at recruitment messages or when people were trying to prospect me when, and, and I'm looking at things, how do I want to be prospected? Would I, would I reply to this message? And if I wouldn't reply to this message, then I'm not sending it, right? Mm-hmm. I only send stuff where I'm like, I would reply to this message. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very interesting. And I think that's really the secret in prospecting is, just scrape all the jargon, the corporate stuff, and like the the kind of things that uh, are from another time. Because if you think about emails, emails historically they appeared, and people were like, "Oh, it's a great way to send a virtual letter," you know. And now we have this virtual letter framework where you say, "Dear first person, date, whatever," and then you see you sign off with a, a thing here. Thing is, no one is speaking like that anymore. Exactly. I just got a message from. Uh, um the uh how do you call that the uh Verwaltung or you know like the people who take care of the rent of my office oh yeah and the way i hate speaking with these people because <laughs> you know they send you a message and you're like why do you speak like a lawyer you know yeah. just ask you a yeah. so i know I and know. that's the thing is people are just like stuck in these really things from the past Things are changing really fast, especially prospecting, video prospecting, using your LinkedIn voice notes, calls, and whatever. And so the more spontaneous you are and the more direct you are, the better you know it will be. And I think that's why your content that you're sharing resonates so well with people because a lot of people who are in this job are just being told by people who didn't prospect for 15, 20 years yes. to do stuff that do not work since basically 15, 20 years. Yes. So I think that's that's very interesting there. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's such a trend, right? Like, I mean, I obviously sell sales loft, which is like a very like innovative sales engagement tool, right? And every SDR wants a sales engagement tool. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be sales loft, right? It could be outreach, whatever. But no one wants to work in a clunky Salesforce CRM where yeah. you just don't have any organization, right? And it just takes you ages to write an email. And then I speak to head of sales and they're like, oh, no, they don't need anything like this. Like they just have the telephone book and then they call. And I'm like, 
you haven't done this job in such a long time. You have no idea what kind of grind it is. I'm sure 20 years ago it worked like this, but it's not, it's not how it is. There's so many more people. I was reading this, this um, study the other day. Um, I'm not sure if it was U U US or EMEA based, but it, it was saying C-level executives get around 128 outreach attempts a day. Mm -hmm. back in that day where that telephone worked or just the telephone worked people were getting maybe three to four calls yeah. at yeah. most right we are speaking about such such a different landscape that most sales leaders just don't understand because they yeah. haven't been in this digital selling in this um yeah in this environment yet and um most most sales leaders, I think, are um, afraid to admit it, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's an ego thing. And maybe I yeah. wouldn't either. But um, I think the time has come that we do admit that the landscape has changed in a yeah. very significant way. Exactly. And, and talking about that, what is working well for you in terms of tactics right now in 2022, uh, basically summer? Mm -hmm. I think everything works, right? Everything can work. Mm -hmm. voice notes can work videos can work emails can work calls can work as long as you do it with passion and as long as you do it with the customer in mind right mm -hmm. like i have success on just my first email like yesterday i booked five meetings just because i sent 10 emails out mm -hmm. then i have success on linkedin i you know you can have success everywhere as long as you're bringing across that message i <laughs> I always say to people, I don't think that there's one thing that you need to do, right? It's not video sending is not going to get you anywhere if the message and the vibes and the energy that you were giving to the prospect is not right. I see people being like, okay, right. I've heard video selling has 25% more open rates, right? I'm just going to do this now. And then they sit on the video and they're like, yeah, so I would love to show you our software. Of course, no one's going to reply to that, right? And then they're like, oh, video selling doesn't work. And I'm like, no, it does work. <laughs> you, but, and here it comes again. If you send a video and you watch it back and you feel like if a random person would send me this and I'm, and I'm being boring and I have no energy and I have no passion, why would the other person take a meeting with you? If you don't even have passion for the things that you do, why would someone else spend time with you, right? I think passion and enthusiasm is so, is so, um, shit, what's the word? Uh, Corona has taught us this, not spreadable, contagious. It's yeah. so contagious. Like you can bring over that passion and that enthusiasm in a voice note, in, a, in, a, in an email, in a cold call, anywhere. The medium is not, is not really, um, that important, I think. The vibe and the energy that you do the things with, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, like that too. Because very, as you said, you know, people will just go after the fancy tool, fancy new tactic or whatever. And then they will not have the kind of, as you said, energy, the the kind of being a bit like sharp. You know, for example, you're doing a lot of memes and they are very sharp. But for me, typically, memes, I'm not really good at that because I'm maybe a bit too old. I mean, I'm 31, so I'm not that old, but I just don't really hang out on social media except LinkedIn. So yeah. I don't really have the codes, let's say. But yeah. I and, and, and can play with memes, but, you know, it's just I would need to understand the codes for that. 
Yeah. And so I think it's really using one channel will maybe not work, but putting your heart in it. And as you said, like being authentic, being direct, having your style and, and you know, just using your style. I think that's a, that's a really smart way of seeing yeah. it because it works and then you can try it on different channels and it always works. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I get hate all the time because I've been at SalesLoft for what, uh, nine months now and I have not made a single cold call. I just, I just hate them, right? And people are like, eh, like you're not a great salesperson if you don't do cold calls, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I've done cold calls in the past. I know how to make them. But if I know that I have to do 60 cold calls today, my mood is just gonna be down because it's just not my channel, you know? There's people that love cold calling, that hate emailing. They should do that. Yeah. But if I call a sales leader and I'm dreading this call, that vibe, that energy that I am giving off in that moment, they're not going to take a meeting with me because yeah. like, I'm not even convinced they want to take a meeting with me on the phone, right? Yeah. But because I'm really good at memes and I love communicating in this way, I can bring that passion and, and enthusiasm towards my prospect in that particular channel. So I think it's really, really hard when I, I don't know, when I give trainings or when I do sessions to tell people what they should do because they need to find that out themselves. Try everything. Like I love trying new stuff all the time, right? Like every time I see a new sales technology or like a trial somewhere, I, I, I do that. And if I like it, I'm going to incorporate it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to incorporate it. Even though 500 other people are saying that they book more meetings with that tool. I don't care if I'm not having fun with it, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just putting yourself first in that case. Yeah, yeah, that's I totally agree and relate because I don't do cold calls. I think I've never done any one in my life, mm. but never prevented me from building pipeline, having my business, no. and being really successful. Exactly. The thing is, is yeah, it, it's it's not just one thing you have to do. Some markets will work better with cold calls, some others won't. And for me, like it's, uh, you know, I, I respect a lot of people who do it, and but for me, I just like I, I've I've been in this thing where. I just don't want to do it. So I'll find a way to make things work without having to do it. And so I think that's really the nature and, and what sales leaders should understand is that if you let people, if you hire the right people, let them, you know, guide you in what they want to use. What matters is the, you know, the results that they're producing, yeah. especially in sales. So I think that's yeah. a really good call there. Absolutely. And then, then I get so angry when sales leaders don't understand that and they give their, their SDRs or their sales team like these stupid KPIs where they're like, no matter if you hit target or not, we want you to do like 50 cold calls and 70 emails every day. And we are going to track that. Yeah. Like I would hate that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. I asked my manager the other day, I was like, so do you think, would, did you ever think about, you know, taking me for a chat? Because you, you could see in sales love, obviously that I've never made a call. And he was like, no, why would I? Like you hit your target either in the first or the second week of the month, every single time, because you enjoy what you do. Who am I to take that away from you? And I gave him a hug and I was like, thank you so much. Thank you for being my manager in that regard, right? Um, and I do think, you know, if, if, if someone that's listening that has these weird KPIs and they're not enjoying it, damn, the dark market is a full of opportunities right now. Yeah. I am sure you find a better company. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Give, give your staff that freedom of finding what they like because otherwise they're never going to build up that passion. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. 
And can you maybe tell us a bit more, because now I didn't know that, but if you hit your target every first or second week of the month, it's pretty cool. So what's your, your how do you structure your day? How do you have a, what's, what's your routine typically? I mean, I think it's changed a lot over, over the last months, right? And um, obviously my, my LinkedIn and having a personal brand is the absolute biggest advantage that you can give yourself, right? Um, I was, so I hit my target today. I was on, I was on holidays from sales love the last two weeks. So I didn't do anything, yeah. but people are listening to podcasts like this, or, um, you know, I, I do a post about stuff and they're like, mm, we want to take a look at sales love because they feel like in the SDR space, I am somewhat of a thought leader, right? So yeah. that personal branding bit, and it's so easy. Everyone can do it, right? It's, it's, it's understanding the algorithm, posting content that you enjoy. Um, I, I speak to so many people all the time that are like, oh, what kind of content should I do? And I'm like, think about the content that you like and that you think is missing on the market. And then you do that kind of content. Don't, don't try to be, I don't know, give tips about this or that if that's not your passion do do a personal brand should be about you and what yeah. you enjoy doing so personal branding as an sdr is the ultimate game changer i would say um because you just generate your own inbounds right you just have yeah. your 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 own marketing and it's so funny because for the longest time i i wanted to do something like this i always looked up to like um Morgan and and Josh and Keenan and all these kind of people and I was always like oh my god these are like the sales the, the sales gods right mm -hmm. um and I always thought I couldn't do it because I'm just an SDR and um I've only been doing this for like a year and a half right I've not been in this game for a long time so I was always like uh what what would I post people don't know um people wouldn't want to see this and when I just started doing it, the opposite was true, right? Yeah. The like people were all of a sudden relating and people wanted to read my posts. So just believing in yourself and creating something for yourself. I think um, that for me at the moment is my biggest game changer mm -hmm. because now I don't, I don't need to write 500 emails anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't need to do all of these things. I still do them because I enjoy them. Like, I was off from sales love for two weeks and then yesterday I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to write a couple of emails and book a couple of meetings. You know, that rush never goes away. Yeah. But um, my days, I think right now are very, very much spent on LinkedIn um, and just engaging with people in my industry, um, connecting with them. And then the sale is so much easier, right? You don't, you don't have to like... Um, do this whole value selling or like chase after them because you just message them and you're like, can we have a chat? I want to talk to you about sales love because I think this would be great for you. And they understand that so much better. They, they give you so much more credibility because mm -hmm. you've built that thought leadership. Right. So I think personal branding, social selling is the way forward yeah. in sales development, the way forward in sales development. And Dach is always a little bit behind. I think in the UK and the US, many more people are already doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just, 
that's my biggest focus and emphasis. And this is what I tell people all the time. Like, why would you write a hundred emails that take you 10 hours to write mm -hmm. rather than posting one post related to the industry and reaching a hundred thousand people with yeah. one post, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's the way, that's the future. Personal branding and social selling is the future of sales development. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I mean, I can totally relate with that because I've been doing it for three years. And uh, how many followers do you have now? I think like almost twenty thousand something. Almost like twenty thousand, yeah. And when how many did you have when you started? I started September last week. I think I had like two thousand. Yeah, crazy! It's huge. So yeah. for me, I'm almost at twenty thousand, but it took me a lot of time. So um. Um, the thing is you went way faster and that's the thing is, is uh, the message you were saying you know, initially is that what can I talk about you know the thing is you have a very specific uh, way you know like you as you said you left uh, pretty early to go and study in London you kind of pursued your dream and, and try to kind of like you know get out of, of Germany because you felt like it was the wrong thing the thing is so many people can relate to that so uh, so many people can see uh, you know they see you as a, as a, as a thought leader because You know, you're, you have, as you said, one, one year and a half, or you, you've been doing that for a year and a half. And they just like, there's so many people who are at the beginning of this journey that see you and that want to be like you. So they can empathize with that. And I think uh, that's, that's really like the, the thing with social selling is there are so many people who are behind you on the journey who will always come and be new and it's going to create so much visibility. So I think it's, it's really brilliant on that. Yeah, I think... I think that human connection that I think technology is great, right? I love technology. I love AI. I love, you know, doing a LinkedIn campaign on LinkedIn, but all of these kind of things. I love doing that. But the problem is that we've overdone all these technologies yeah. so much that we are now, especially on LinkedIn, are coming across like robots. Like yeah. we're not doing anything ourselves anymore, right? And I, um, I'm always saying like, If I don't have 10 minutes to write this email to someone, why do, why, how can I expect for them to take out 10 minutes to first of all, read it. And then also talk to me afterwards, mm -hmm. right? Like it needs to be a mutual thing. So like this entire automation, I don't understand anyways. And I think it's very, it's, if, if, if you look at it from like a psychological standpoint, it's very easy to tell someone to fuck off to block someone to reject someone when they're not human like mm. it's very easy right they're like oh this person is a robot or this 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 is a bot fuck off block reject mm. let's go yeah if you make yourself relatable vulnerable and human though it's much 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 harder because then all of a sudden You could be their daughter. You could be their their, their nephew or, or or their niece, right? You you have that human, and then for humans themselves, it's it's very difficult to then reject someone else. That's just in our nature, psychology um, from our psychology. So I didn't understand when I first went on LinkedIn why everyone is just posting how great they are and mm -hmm. you know i've got a 30 reply rate and i've got a 20 reply rate and i hit my quarter uh, my my um i've just closed a deal seven but worth seven million euros all these kind of things and no one because at that time when i started posting i was 
I was not in the greatest position. I wasn't getting 35% mm-hmm. reply, right? Like <laughs> I wish I did. Like mine was probably more like two, three percent, right? So it was not motivating when I went on LinkedIn because I was just like, oh, everyone else is doing this job really well. I must be really stupid that I'm feeling like this, that no people are not replying to me. And I think that feeling is so isolating. It's the same thing when you go on Instagram, right? You only see the best moments and everyone's having the greatest life when in reality, we know everyone is struggling, right? We all have shit days. We all doubt ourselves and we we, we all have self-confidence problems. No one is 100% self-confident. Um, And that was the thing that I wanted to see on LinkedIn. I wanted to have someone that tells me it's okay that someone's not replying. It's okay if you don't hit your target. We all go through the same thing, but LinkedIn made this world seem, you know, so unapproachable. Um, And that was when I was like, okay, if if I want that, I'm sure other people are going for the same thing and they also want that. And that's when I started posting about the things that maybe don't go so well Mm -hmm. and the pressure and like we all know for example hitting target is hard and then you go on holidays and you're like oh my god how am I supposed to hit my target when I only have half of half of the month or something right Mm -hmm. we all know that feeling but no one ever talks about it and as soon as we talk about it it brings together that community and we're all like oh damn I'm 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 not alone and I don't know. I think it's I think it's very nice to see that a lot a lot of people on LinkedIn are moving more towards an honest and 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 more real image of of their professional lives. I'm very happy about that. I think yeah, that's that's and you know what you say. I think that's why also your content is working so well is because you're doing this and you said, oh, I feel so isolated in this, but everyone's the same. Where yeah. you know we, we only see that. That's why I removed all social networks except LinkedIn. Because mm-hmm. for me, I use LinkedIn as a tool to make money. Yeah, uh, of course. But I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I don't have any of these because I'm not interested in uh, in uh, basically having no control over my thoughts and thinking that everyone has great lives. So as you said, you learn about you talk about your failures. You you talk about what you learn from it, and everyone's like, oh, you know, I can also these lessons she learned. I can also have them because I'm having the same failure. So I think that's that's really the strong element that can, you know, be is a great cause of, of what you're doing is uh, is just you you're, you're sharing this. So I think that's uh, that that's really really interesting to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand it. I remember writing a post about um, I, I had a really bad discovery call and I really fucked it up. It was really not great. Um, and then I messaged them afterwards and I was like, "Listen, can can you give me a second chance?" I I know my performance wasn't great. Can we do another call? And they were like, okay, fine. And I posted that story on on my LinkedIn and I Mm -hmm. said, please guys, wish me luck, right? And I was home in Berlin that day and my my dad's friend comes over and he's like, oh, I saw your LinkedIn um, post. Is your company okay with this? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, if I think about my company, if someone fucks up a cold call I don't want them posting about it on the internet like they shouldn't do that like they should say that that call was went really well and I was like people like you are the problem like do you know what I mean like no and even if even if sales love would say don't post this post that you're only doing good stuff I'd be like okay guys that's not that's not my like I'm not going to do that I'm going to look for another job then um but I think 
social media has always been this way that we only show the greatest things and the best things. I have friends where I know their life is not the best. And I look at their Instagram and I catch myself thinking like, oh, I wish, I, I, I hoped I had a relationship like this when I'm like, I know that he's cheating on her, right? But like- <laughs> Don't that, say names. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's such a psychological thing and we've been taught to only show the best things about ourselves. Yeah. And, and that's, that's more comfortable. Obviously I've, I feel uncomfortable sometimes when, you know, I post something where, where I fucked up, but that's where the growth happens. And, and I think that's what we need that change of social media. Cause I do think social media gives LinkedIn as well as Instagram It's not the best for mental health um, always. Yeah. They're great tools, but I think, yeah, we've misused it for, for a very long time. I mean, they're great tools for creators like you and me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're just consuming and if you're consuming, like uh, for me, I removed all notifications, anything. So I am very like uh, intentional with the way I use LinkedIn. But yeah, it's uh, this this bunch of things that are very important to keep in mind and I think it's very interesting the conversation you had with the friend of your of your of your father. It's um, a lot of people just like see failure as a, as something you know that should not happen, and uh, especially in Germany, it's very common. You know, in the, the culture here, France is also very similar. And so for me, I remember I, I was uh, um, in school. You know, I was in a private school, like really really tough. And the thing that's the thing, failure wasn't celebrated. You had to avoid, you know, having failures. And then I lived in Canada for a while and just started working with Americans. And then failure is often part of the, it's part just part of life and documenting how what you learn is great because people can can relate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it's it's sad. It annoys me sometimes. Like the way that he said it also to me, he was like, why would you post that? Like that makes you seem like you're not successful. And I'm like, I am successful. I know myself that I am successful. I've, you know, I'm a good SDR. I've built, I'm building up my own company. I'm building up my own community. I am successful just because I fucked up a call once. That does not mean, that does not define my success or not success. I am proud of myself that I was able to admit that my call wasn't that great and I asked for a second chance. That's what needs to be celebrated. Yeah. Don't come at me and tell me that I can't post stuff like this or that I'm not successful because I am, I know that I am. Yeah, yeah. it's difficult. It's a difficult topic, I think. Um, it has it, it has to do like like so many things in, in sales with um, with mindset and attitude and, and, and the way that you let things get to you, right? It's, yeah. it's difficult in sales always. Yeah, but it's a great school for life. I think uh, yeah. after you just uh, you see you're an entrepreneur, you have your own community, your own company. So um, everything you learn doing this is, is uh, really helpful because you learn that no one's coming to help you. You have to do and fix everything yourself. And also you just learn that people in society are just super afraid. And yeah. it's just like systemic, systemically being afraid. For yeah. example, you think about bankers or whatever, when you are your own, you have your own business and you're just like 10,000 times more successful than the average person. Mm -hmm. They still won't, you know, lend you money for a house because they're afraid, you know. So there's all these things. And the thing is, fear is driving so many of the behavior we see in society. And being able to just like take some distance with that and focus on, on what works is, is really, really good. And Seem, you seem to be doing, to be doing it really well so i think uh, yeah yeah that's, i think i think what you said before um 
you know, in school and how they, how they teach you that, you know, you shouldn't fail. And then I think that like transcribes into, into adulthood, adulthood later on where we're like, Oh no, we're not supposed to fail. We're not supposed to fail. Um, and we're scared to try out new things and do things. I get so many messages where people are like, ha, oh, do you think I can try this? Do you think people are going to like this one? Like, why are you asking me just do it? Yeah. Why? Like, what can happen right you like someone is going to be like oh take me off my fucking subscription list um don't ever talk to me again what's going to happen nothing is going to happen but at least now you know it works or it doesn't work yeah. right um and i think it limits us so 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 much like i was always looking up to people that were founders and entrepreneurs and i and i'd be like oh, i don't know if i could do this whereas now i'm just like I don't care if I could do this or, you know, if I'm destined to do it, I'm just going to try and I'm going to mm -hmm. do it. And if it fails, then it fails. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. Do you know the diary of CEO podcast no. with uh, Stephen Bartlett? No. It's one of my favorite. I listen to it religiously. My friends laugh at me because I listen to it all the time. And it's so nice because he invites people, you know, that are CEOs from, from Klarna. This one episode was the CEO from Klarna. Um, and he was talking about how, how he was scared to, you know, do his first startup and um, he just did it. it. It went fine. He failed six startups mm -hmm. before opening Klarna. Yeah. And he was like, failing those six startups was so necessary because without that experience of failing and these mistakes I've made and the things that I've learned from it, I could have never opened Klarna. And now it's, you know, a $25 billion uh, company. Yeah. So that mindset of being like, I'm going to build a company from SDRs of Germany. This is going to be a huge community, like Pavilion, Bravado, you know, these kind of things. They had 26 million investment. Who says I can't do this? Maybe I can, maybe I can't. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try. If it doesn't work, then I'm going to take yeah. my losses. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to see what did I do wrong? What did I do well? And I'm going to move on to the next thing. Yeah. And I think once, once you have that mindset, things become a little bit more easy because you don't have that pressure of succeeding. You're just like, I'm just going to do my thing here, yeah. right? Um, and I think, I think that's been a game changer in my kind of mindset because now I'm just like, whatever. Let's yeah. just do it. We'll just try it. Exactly. And when you understand that life is just a continuity of things where there's no moment where you suddenly get it or whatever, you know, I got mm -hmm. married, I got my first kid, I did plenty of things where I launched my business and whatever. And at no, no, there wasn't a single moment where I was like, okay, now I'm married or now I'm a dad or it makes me think like mm -hmm. different. It's just a continuity basically. And so that's the thing with, with like the business is not like, you know, it's hard to define the moment where you stop and you're like, ah, oh, now I can chill or whatever, because it's just a, a big continuity and failure is part of it. Success is also part of it. So it, it's Absolutely. a journey, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that you know, there's people that they are fine where they are in, within their, you know, comfort zone and they in sales, I don't know, they blast out a couple of emails and it kind of works and it's not like the best job, but you know, it's, it's paying good mm -hmm. money. There's people that are happy with that, yeah. but I think there's a lot of people that are just afraid to actually do what they want to do. And I think that's, that's annoying mm -hmm. um, that so many people are not doing what they want to do. Um, I think we should all 
put ourselves first a little bit more, gain a little bit more confidence in whatever we're trying to do, accept that failing is all right mm -hmm. and just go for the things that we want to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And before we wrap up, can you tell us a bit more about SDR uh, of Germany? What are you doing there? Yeah, actually, today is a very exciting day because we're launching tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, we are relaunching tomorrow. Um, I mean, in the beginning, right, this was sort of like a hobby project. I was like, all right, there's Pavilion, there's Bravado, there's Rev Genius, there's nothing in Dach, and I would really like to have a community where I can go and speak to other Dach SDRs, what mm -hmm. they go through, right? And um, I found my co-founder, Helena, and, you know, we, we, we made a rough draft. And um, remember, I would have been happy if maybe 10 or 15 people would have signed up. <laughs> Then the first day we launched, around 250 people applied. And we were like, oh, damn, that's a lot of people. And it was nice. Like, we, we were celebrating. But at the same time, there was, there was a pressure on us, right? There was like, oh. So we made this for like 25 people, roughly. Mm -hmm. Now there's 10 times more than that on the first day. Fuck, what are we going to do with this now, right? So um, we, we just ran with it. We just did it. We, we tried out different things and we very quickly realized, okay, there's a huge demand for something like this. Mm -hmm. The way that it was back then just didn't give us the infrastructure, just didn't allow us to do the things that we wanted to do in the, on that new, newly found scale. Um, so me and Helena, we sat down and we were like, okay, do we want to do this? And we were like, yes, we want to do this. So Helena, my co-founder, she quit her job and she was like, okay, I'm going to fully commit to this project now and we are going to We're going to make SDRs of Germany so that everyone that's in the SDR space knows SDRs of Germany, goes to SDRs of Germany to find inspiration, to find good podcasts, to find good Dach content. Mm -hmm. This is our mission. Um, and we invested very heavily in, um, in a new community platform. We, we had so many conversations with community members and we asked them what what would you like to see what do you need what are you struggling with at the moment all these kind of things and we took big investment and we were like okay we're gonna make all these things that people have told us and that we want to do into one big community platform and um now i'm very nervous because that is launching tomorrow um As of now, we're 700, 700 members and 500 companies that are represented within. And it's going to be such a game changer. Like that new community, I'm so excited for it. Um, I hope tomorrow you'll see it as well. Um, yeah. It's it's going to be really nice. Um, yeah, so we do a, we do a lot of events, um, all German, all SDR, AE-related content, uh, prospecting, discovery, And um, we've now launched a new feature that is called, um, which is actually something that's very dear to my heart. It's called the um, the Honest Job Board, das Ehrliche mm -hmm. Job Board, which um, I think every salesperson, everyone I've spoken to uh, has agreed to this, right? If you go on LinkedIn and you're like, okay, I want to find a new job. Maybe I want to change. I want to see what's out there. Mm -hmm. You go on LinkedIn or you go on Stepstone, wherever you want to go. And... It's just a lo load of bullshit. Like, 
Yeah. We are a happy family. We have office snacks. Everything's great. Competitive salary, all these kind of things. And you're just like, I have no idea if, like, if me going to an interview is wasting my time or or not. Like, mm-hmm. there's no facts there. It's just bullshit. Yeah. Um. So we we um made the first honest job board where we um display opportunities and we ask six very honest fire questions mm-hmm. like how much do you pay how many sdrs hit their quota um what technology are you using all these kind of yeah. things that we salespeople actually want to know before we go into an interview mm-hmm. and waste half an hour or, yeah. or an hour in an interview right um so that's 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 launching um in the next weeks which i'm excited about okay yeah good i'll make good. sure to include the link then to sdrs yes. of germany so people can, can go and check that yeah Please. That would be great. Good. So I think we're, we're, we're coming to, to the end. That was a really interesting conversation. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of great insights. Um, and so I guess people can, I'll put your link to your LinkedIn profile. I guess people can reach out to you if they have questions yeah. or how, how is it for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my LinkedIn inbox is slammed sometimes a little bit and it takes me a couple of days to go through it. Um, especially now I've been so bad with the launch. I've been so, I've been so busy and, and you know this yourself, right? The LinkedIn inbox, like they really need an update on this one because it's so messy and you lose everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so everyone's always welcome to text me. It might take a couple of days till I get back. Um, but uh, don't take that personally. That's just my inbox being crazy. Yeah, good, perfect. Thank you, Mathieu, for coming on the show and have a great day. Thank you, Thibault, for having me. You too. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're going to get access to a content library with training, checklist, and exclusive resources. You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up.